0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at quiz.fox. Everybody okay? Hi. You guys hanging in there? I'm so glad you're listening your personal cheerleader, Liz Klinger, little known fact. I tried out for the Beverly Hills High School cheerleading squad, but did not get chosen. Listen, I, I wouldn't have picked me, okay? Spindly legs, skinny, unruly bright red hair, scoliosis, no muscle tone whatsoever. So instead, after that rejection, I headed straight to the journalism department, worked on the yearbook, and the rest is history. Nice journalism career followed. See, one door slams, you guys, and another one opens. Well, you know, actually, no, it doesn't open. It's often sealed shut. You've got no tools. No one will hand you the key. You have to yank it down. You have to kick it down. Don't have the muscle to kick it down. you got to spend time, sometimes years, building that muscle so when you're ready to try, the dang thing goes right down. Here's what I and you are about to learn from my guest today. In this great country, there are millions, literally millions of dollars floating around in the air above you, ripe for the grabbing, but they're hard to see. And to get them, you have to reach and jump and scratch and grab and fall and jump again, build the leg muscles and vault higher and higher to get them. And when you do that, You will grab fistfuls of money you deserve. I'm guessing you haven't heard the name Ron Holt. Well, his name is not necessarily the most important part of this. It's what he did to jump the uninspiring tracks his career train was on. The first step was deciding what he was going to do, right? And he really, really wanted to start his own company like I know a lot of you do. The second step was not to just jump. In fact, he stayed right there where he was in the boring job for years in order to prepare to jump those tracks and hit the ground running versus crashing and burning. Ron is the founder of two companies, Two Maids and a Mop. That's a cleaning company which he launched back in 2003 out of, I don't know, a 250-square-foot office in Pensacola, Florida, which last year hauled in $50 million in revenue. And Pink Zebra is his second. This is a very unique company, a moving company he created out of thin air while trying to solve a problem for his mother-in-law. Let's hop aboard Ron's story train for quite the ride to success. Hi, Ron. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz.
1: Oh, my gosh. I am so honored and excited to be here, Liz. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, I'm down for a mother-in-law story any day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've got a doozy. <laughs>
0: okay, listen. Dissatisfaction can be a very powerful driver, right? Let's go back to 1997 when you realized, you know what? I'm dissatisfied. What were you dissatisfied with?
1: Um, you know, I, I see myself right now. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, and if you've been in Atlanta, you know what it's like in the mor- in the morning. The drive the commute is not good, so I'm stuck on the expressway and I'm staring at all the cars in front of me, and I see a whole bunch of cattle. And I think to myself as a young 20-something-year-old, this is, this is my life forever. Um, and I had this pit in my stomach that said, you know, I am doing well. I'm climbing the ladder. I'm making money. I'm traveling the world even, but I don't feel very fulfilled. And that's Small little snapshot into my history is what sort of served as a catalyst to what would later become, you know, two maids in a mop and now pink zebra movement. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, basically. And that's, that's how I chose to, to fill that void that was missing inside me.
0: You know, isn't that interesting? It's almost like a lightning bolt came down and smacked you and changed your wiring in a way.
1: Absolutely. So I should have been happy. You know, every everyone, including my parents, said you you should be satisfied. You're you're doing well. There's great things in front of you. What all were you doing? The, I, I was working inside a laboratory, so not the most prototypical corporate America environment, but it was very much corporate America. I was inside this lab. I had a had a chemistry background, so I was working as just a normal chemist with engineers, all these other really smart people. Mm-hmm what i learned very quickly is no one really wanted to to be a manager they didn't want to deal with people they just wanted to do the work and so the, my personality is a little bit more outgoing mm-hmm. and that allowed me to rise fairly quickly and so i was doing well like i said making money and you know going up that ladder that everybody shoots for um, but every single promotion every every single pay raise uh, felt empty you know and so i I quickly figured out that there might be a better way through this world of entrepreneurship. I didn't know a whole lot about business, and so I sort of stumbled my way into this guy named Warren Buffett. A few people may have heard of him, yeah, I
0: think we've heard of him <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and and um read everything I could, just completely obsessed myself with all things Warren Buffett and it had very little to do with the stock market. It was more or less just the the building of an empire and and how humble he was when you know he created that success later on and I just wanted to do it. I wanted to build my own little empire. and I wanted to have purpose in my daily work, and it all sounded so fun. You know, as a 20-something, you're probably a little bit naive to that, um, but I, I was more excited about that opportunity than that job, I know that.
0: <laughs> well, Ron, changing course midstream, is certainly attractive when people are hit with that moment on the throughway, on the freeway, stuck like a, a member of a big herd of cattle, you know, in traffic. But it's one of the toughest moves a person can make, especially when you're coming from a job you have where you're invested in that job and you're making good money. How did you decide to approach it?
1: Well, I made the decision, the life decision that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't really know exactly what that meant. I didn't know exactly what industry, certainly not what business, naming, all that stuff was sort of a a thing in the future. I just knew I wanted to own a business. And so what I started doing was just self-educating myself and learning about different spaces that may be attractive to me and interesting. And so I eventually settled on this home service segment, and when I really started you know, drilling through different type of consumer services, I landed on, of all things, house cleaning. And that was really born from a couple of different ways. One, the cost to entry was a little bit less and then and other opportunities. But then I also saw a huge opportunity and that demand was growing, but most of the marketplace was served by mom and pops, folks who were house cleaners turned to business owners. And so, I felt like I would be able to use some of my intellect uh, to to do something about that and fill a void that was missing there. So the first thing I did was said, okay, I'm going to start a cleaning business one day. How much money do I need? I didn't have a formal business plan, but for some reason in my head, I said, I need $150,000, which might as well have been $150 million. Sure. It just seemed so far away from me. And so that's what I did. I didn't really get too focused on how to do it or what to do once I opened the business, I just said, I only care about one thing right now, and that's save 150. Okay. So everything I did for the next several years was just save money, penny after penny, all the way till I finally got to that 150 number. Well,
0: what What kind of sacrifices did you have to make to save every penny?
1: A ton of sacrifices, some embarrassing now that they're all over with, probably a little <laughs> funny. I'll kind of start with some of the obvious ones. You know, you you have a job. I'm, I made $21,000 uh, out of college. That was my annual compensation, um, obviously pre-inflationary. <laughs> and so you can only do so much with $21,000 a year, um, but I tried to do whatever I could to, to save some of those nickels and dimes and so on. I knew I needed to supplement that. And so I went out and did everything from have these crazy side jobs. I don't know how to cook anything, but for some reason, um, a restaurant hired me to cook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. Um, I probably the funniest thing I had on the, on the weekends, I don't know if you've ever seen some of those for sale signs, like homes for sale sure. and up or whatever. Well, people have to put those on, uh, on the road, they have to stick them in the ground and you get about a nickel for every sign you stick in the ground. So I chose to do that because I didn't have to think that hard. And I just figured I would out sign everyone else. Well, I reported to work. And during the day, I finally promoted myself to manager of this laboratory. And I was managing chemists and chemical engineers that were, in most cases, twice my age. And it was uh, a crazy environment because I was, you know, they were so smart and everything. But here I am, this 27-year-old managing them. Well, turned that around on the sign company. The first day I reported to work was, was a Friday night. And it was the owner's 16-year-old son uh, who was supervising me. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> well, that, that certainly knocks you down a few, a few it, it
1: rivets. Did. <laughs> it did. But everything was about that chase to 150. I started small businesses, little side hustles um, at the time, and uh, just worked my way day after day. My, my weekly goal was $335. And so that number, if you do the math over seven years, gets you to about a 150 number. And that's what I chose to do. My weekly pursuit was to do whatever I I needed to do to save my 335. And, you know, was fortunate to do it in closer to six years than seven. But eventually finally found my way to that. Okay,
0: everyone listening right now, did you hear that? Six years of little side hustles. I, I mean, putting a sign up and getting a nickel per sign This is in the 90s, everyone, okay? This is what it takes when you are trying to build something. I am amazed by this. And, okay, finally you have the money, and you're ready to launch.
1: Ready to go. And I saved this money, and when I look back on it, it was a mountain, you know? And I was so proud of myself. And the first day that we opened, Two maids and a Mob, we had two jobs. So I hired as you can imagine, go figure, two maids, um, and only one showed up. So I became the second house cleaner that particular day, and I did not plan on that. As my mother probably can still attest, I had never cleaned my room. So <laughs> the, idea, the, the idea of being a professional cleaner, I should have thought of that over the last six years, but that, that didn't really hit me until that moment. And so I find myself inside someone's home who expects me to know how to clean their home and all I'm doing, I still remember it vividly to this day. All I did was talk about future and how big of a brand this was going to be, and all the future plans. And that that poor customer just stared at me with this eyes of one, I don't care, um, and two, <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Clean my house, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but somehow I got through it. It was, I don't think we. We had a long relationship with those two clients, uh, much longer than that first day. But <laughs> it was it was a humble beginning. I, I thought I was going to immediately find myself in the ivory tower.
0: And but when did you feel it. it really starting to grow?
1: So believe it or not, I, that six years journey I just talked about sounded long. Well, the next two years seemed be, seemed even longer. So for two years, I lost money every day, never made a penny. It didn't even earn my first paycheck until three years into the business. Um, I was. Struggling to figure out a way to generate revenue. This was pre-SEO and Google and all the fun things that people get to do nowadays. You mm-hmm. had to do it a different way back then.
0: Well, how did you um, do it? Did you put signs in coffee shops or now, on on, you know, telephone poles? I, I'm trying to think back to that era.
1: So this is Florida, and, and it's hot there, right? So I chose the hardest possible route to generate new business, um, these things called door hangers. So I hit the streets and I would go door to door to door to door, literally chased away by dogs, putting door hangers out one after the other. And I, I'm a numbers guy. And so I could tell pretty quickly if I did, based on the number of door hangers I was able to insert on someone's door, I was going to get anywhere from a two to 3% return on that. So I knew the more I could get out there, the more money I would be able to generate. So mm. that's, that's what I did for the first year and a half or so. And then um, what really changed everything for me was just once there, once the transformation from print media to more digital, I was able to sort of get in front of that. Again, being in an industry where house cleaners turned business owners didn't really think of it as a business opportunity. I, I was able to see that, I think, a little bit quicker than most folks. And so I just cornered the market and um, all things digital locally. That, that changed everything. And, That's Ron,
0: been, when did the phone start ringing off the hook? Because you started with this one tiny operation, and by the time you sold the company, very recently, you had more than 90 units?
1: We had 93 units across the country from California to oh Florida. Oh,
0: my God. When, when did you start ramping up? I mean, when was that moment where you suddenly said, oh, it's finally working?
1: So once the digital transformation started occurring, which was one and a half, two years into it, we, we started changing everything changed. The revenue started ramping. We started to be becoming more efficient with our bottom line. I was able to get outside of the business and actually manage it from a farther distance instead of being in the middle. And I started thinking about to those big goals that I had that I told that first client of what we were going to do to scale and grow across the country. So we opened a couple locations, additional locations in the panhandle of Florida. Uh, eventually, we opened 12 corporate locations across the southeast. We were in five southern states. And about that time, I was approached by a number of people to franchise the opportunity of the brand. And I didn't know a whole lot about franchising. And this is a, this is a crazy story. It's almost too, too good to be true, but it really happened. Um, so I, I decided to go to a franchising conference just to learn the, the 101 on franchising, on sure. franchising. I wasn't really getting a lot out of the conference. And so I decided to walk outside the, the ballroom and just check my email. And I sat at a table across from another guy and he started asking me questions and I didn't really want to answer them because I was checking my email, but I'm a good Southern boy. So I, I did that. <laughs> and when I finished my side of the story, I said, well, what do you do? Well, it turned out to be a guy named Fred DeLuca, who founded this company called Subway. And oh, he yeah. literally said, I'm Fred, and I have 42,000 Subway locations. So wow. I, uh, I uh, shut the computer off and developed a relationship very quickly with Fred and, and learned as much as I could about the world of franchising and just went all in on that. And goodness gracious, my life changed immediately after that.
0: This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. How much does it matter that you do understand and you keep your mind open to these serendipitous moments where, you know, it's very easy to put your nose to the grindstone and be just forging ahead and not really thinking. You've got to look for those opportunities that fly past you in packages you don't recognize, like Fred sitting across from you.
1: It it was hard to believe. It's still. It's some of the things I learned from that relationship um, I still use today as as the leader of a, now a new home service franchise brand, and it was invaluable. Uh, I, there's no doubt. I, I I would not be in the place I am today without that crazy chance.
0: Was it hard for you to sell your baby, the baby that you built, two maids and a mop?
1: So, number one, yes. Um, over the years, the success was. Fairly public, and everyone saw it and felt it, and we we had lots of interest over the years. But it was uh, sort of my firstborn. To, I, I didn't have children until years after we started really growing. Two maids and a mop. So I always called it my firstborn. <laughs> and you know, you don't really want to see it off to college. And so I I turned suitor after suitor away. But there there was this change in me. I, I, I just really felt like there was an opportunity to do it all over again, but even in a larger way. And so I, I didn't really want to diversify myself, my time and split, you know, one time here and another minute with a different brand. And so I started talking to folks and the opportunity to sell two maids in a mop, to really go all in and solely focus on another home service brand Pink Zebra moving it just became more and more exciting to me. So that's, that's when, I, when I knew okay. that it felt exciting. That's when I knew that it was, it was time to consider the sale of the business.
0: And let's dovetail to Pink Zebra. Great name, love it, but the story behind it and the genesis of this company is really something I want our listeners to hear.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I have a wonderful mother-in-law and she was downsizing years ago now and needed a moving company. So she hired a local moving company and that was supposed to be that. It was not supposed to be a part of her story, but it turned out to be a huge part of now our entire family story, because everything you can imagine that that could go wrong, did absolutely go wrong with her. And on top of all of that, What she thought she was going to get charged turned out to be about three times what she ultimately was Mm. charged oh so so stress moving it was so stressful It, it was actually an emotional experience for her because she she had retired and she was downsizing so this was supposed to be an exciting move for her but it started out so poorly that she was emotional like negative 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 emotion occurred because of it and so when it happened to her i'm a you know an entrepreneur and so i felt like i had two options i could Write a review or she could write a negative review, um, or I could be a good son-in-law and start a business and so that's what <laughs> I decided to do um, you know what I learned very quickly that it's not just happening to her so i I literally searched the country from this was my this was my research study. I yelped Seattle, Omaha, and Miami and searched moving companies in each of those three cities to see what type of negative experiences were occurring and in all three markets what happened to my mother-in-law was happening in those markets as well oh, and so wow. I assumed it happened everywhere across the country because sure. of that really simple research plan <laughs> yeah and so I went all in I didn't know very much like two minutes to mop didn't know how to clean a house didn't know a whole lot about moving but I knew that was a lot broken with me. and I already knew franchising you know, I've learned so much over the years about, about how to scale and franchise a brand and how to create successful franchisees Um, but I didn't know a whole lot about the the industry and certainly didn't know how to make money in the industry. So that's where I focused all of my time. The first year and a half or so is just learning how to operate profitable moving business right here in my hometown of Birmingham.
0: Okay. But Ron, Ron, this takes a lot of capital to start up. And I know you were probably flush with some money from the sale of Two Maids and a Mop, but buying moving trucks. And and by the way, so there are all these moving companies out there all making the same mistakes. What did you, from just as you hit the ground running, decide to do to make it different?
1: Well, I wanted to make moving fun. Um, I thought that that sounded crazy to most people, which is why I felt like it was a challenge that I would take on. Um, I have learned to become... An underdog, you know, in my mentality is always something I felt like I needed to have all the way going back to those early days when I was just trying to save money to start two mates at a mob. And so I wanted to be basically us against the world. And so I didn't think that people thought moving could be a fun experience. And so I challenged myself and now my company to make that happen. We really want to make moving fun. We We, we do a lot of fun things that make people surprise that that can actually happen with when they hire a moving company. It's supposed to be painful, right? You know, you're supposed to dread.
0: I've moved so many times through my, you know, career moving on up, uh, you know, L.A. to Columbus, Columbus to Cleveland, Cleveland to Boston, Boston to New Jersey. I mean, it just went on and on. And there was always something. It was not fun. And yes, I dreaded it. So how do you make it fun?
1: So we do so many fun things. A lot of these things are surprises, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the drapes back a little bit and give you some inside scoop. Okay. So the first thing we do, it's it doesn't sound like that, that big of a deal, but you would be surprised how many people actually get emotional about what what I'm about to tell you. We surprise people with a free meal the night before their move, and it's that simple. We just Aww. show up with the food. It's all on us. Nobody expects it. Um, but what happens? What we learned in the moving experience when we did research that most clients of a movement company forget that the night before all of their dishes are packed
0: (laughs) there's no kitchen to use
1: in in often cases there's not even power you know and so you're you're stressed you don't have all the tools you need and so you order pizza and so we said why don't we do something besides let people order pizza and let's give these folks some some good food and that's what we do we surprise everybody with food uh, early evening, the night before their move. And we've had more than one person cry oh. at the delivery of that uh, oh. because they usually say, well, we were just talking about what are we gonna do to eat tonight?
0: <laughs> oh, that's so great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's one thing. You have so many other things. One of the, some of the fun things that we do, you know, it's a it's a move. And so most moving trucks show up, They guys jump out, they get to work, physical labor ensues. Seven, eight hours later, it's over. And that's that, you know. So we figured, why don't we do those things? Obviously show up and do the work, but why don't we have some fun during those seven or eight hours? And so we, we kick off a move with an exercise routine. It's kind of silly. It takes 10 seconds, but we, (laughs) we do some jumping jacks, we do some push ups, and we just kind of show the the client what they're in for. It's, there's going to be a show throughout the day. If there's, if there's children involved, we have a mascot, his name is Zeke. The zebra of course he is awesome super funny kids love him sometimes they are a little scared of him but we always show up at zeke if there's a if there's a child involved
0: oh that's great
1: yeah it, it it is it's so much fun too and then we and then the one of the very subtle but funner things that we do we bring speakers with us if you can remember back to those days that you moved, you may remember how quiet it was yeah yes strangers in your house um just doing work with earbuds on all day. You know? And so we said, no more earbuds, let's play some music. We have our own happy playlist. and We just play fun, happy music throughout the day. And you would you'd be shocked to see what kind of change in personality occurs just because of that simple thing.
0: Tell me about how the business is doing now. I know it's still in its incipient stages, but are people really warming to this concept?
1: You, we're having to turn people away. So it's we're in eight markets right now, um, about to open our ninth in Denver, Colorado. We have plans to open somewhere around 15 to 20 new locations a year, but we're having to really slow the roll because we're we're wanting to make sure that we bring the right people in to be franchise partners with us because it's more than just starting a business and making some money. Right. It's personality trying, driven, yeah. Right, we're, we're trying to, disrupt an industry, maybe even create a whole new category in this space where people say, hey, did you hire one of those old school movers or one of those happy movers? We think we're the world's first happy moving company. Um, oh so that, that's what God. we're looking for, is folks who want to join that movement.
0: Ron, this is so amazing. i I love when success comes to people, but I really like it when it comes to good people. And it feels like you measured what it would take. You checked everything, and then you took so long to do it right. And even then, when you launched Back Two Mates and a Mop, it was so difficult, and you didn't take a paycheck. And now you've got Pink Zebra with all that experience in your back pocket, and it's just flowing forth, and and success begets success. As as we finish up, for listeners out there who really are stuck in not necessarily dead-end jobs, but they're not passionate about what they're doing, what is your biggest piece of advice to them?
1: That's a great question. I've always told people my secret to success, and I think it applies to anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is to not just dream big, but dream big with a plan. Have a vision for what you want. Go all in if you really, truly believe in that vision. And if you do that, no headache, no stress, no pressure will ever be too much for you because everything you do, every minute of your day will have purpose. So I chose entrepreneurship as my channel for you know, delivering that purpose. It doesn't have to be that. It can be you know, employment or what it can be volunteership. Uh, but for me, building a business and a brand and scaling it and disrupting industries, that's what does it for me, and that's what delivers purpose. So dream big, make a plan, create purpose in life, and you're going to love every second of it.
0: Ron Holt, what a pleasure to hear your story and to share it with with our amazing audience. You've got to know that our audience is, they just soak up these stories. And this is a really good one. Thank you for sharing it.
1: Well, I'm so glad and honored to be here, Liz. It It was a blast talking with you.
0: Okay. And the name Pink Zebra, the best. The best name ever. I love it. And Zeke, yeah, you know, if you have a kid, you got to hire these guys. <laughs> Zeke's going to show up and make it a much less stressful experience, which we know moving can definitely be. But I, I hope you guys really learned one thing from what Ron talked about. It's great to have a wishbone, but you got to pair it with a backbone, right? You can't just sit there and have a dream. You've got to have a dream, as he said, with a plan. Take that and run with it. Okay. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. You know, I love your feedback. Please give it to me. You can always treat me at Liz Clayman. I, I just love hearing what you would like to hear, what resonated with you, and anytime I'm right here for you guys. Just download it and press the follow button. Thanks so much, and I'll see you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. On the Claim and Countdown. Want to listen ad free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then, Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app.